Hello, my name is Sam Clements and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a Picture House podcast proudly supported by Kia, powering independent cinema. On today's edition of the podcast, this is a mini episode, folks. This is a bonus episode of the show. What we like to do is, as and when filmmakers visit our cinemas, uh, I like to try and stick a microphone in front of them and have a little chat for the pod. And that is exactly what happened today with our special guest, Jeannie Finley, who has just directed a wonderful new film, Your Fat Friend, which is in cinemas right now. The film follows the rise of Aubrey Gordon, who started out as an anonymous writer on social media started blogging but found an audience which you know kind of went through the roof you know <laughs> hundreds of thousands of subscribers and and eventually goes public writes a book and now is is, is the star of this film and uh, and yes yeah, such an interesting story you get to meet her family and you get to see what she she's working on which is fat activism and yeah i found it really fascinating i, I it was a story that i wasn't super familiar with i, I must admit i wasn't so au fait with Aubrey Gordon's work but after seeing this film I definitely became a fan of, of her and, and, and the work she does uh, and I'm already a fan of Jeannie Finley. I mean she's a wonderful filmmaker. Uh, we've been lucky to play quite a few of her films now. Do check out her IMDb actually. There's, a, there's some amazing credits in there. I can highly recommend Seahorse uh, if you, uh, if you, after you see Your Fat Friend of course uh, which is in cinemas right now. I think that's probably enough from me, but had a blast talking to Jeannie, um, and it's so great when filmmakers go out on the road and, and take their film on tour. So kudos, Jeannie, and, and I wish and I hope and I would like more filmmakers to please do this in future. But anyway, that's enough waffle from me. Your Fat Friend is in cinemas right now, and as well as being in cinemas right now, there's a special event on February 16th, which is the film plus a recorded Q&A with Jeannie Finley and the star of the film, Aubrey Gordon, uh, so do check that out. Right, over to my conversation with Jeannie Finley. Just say fat. Not curvy or chubby or chunky or fluffy or more to love or a big guy or husky or obese or overweight. Just say fat. The very first piece was called A Request From Your Fat Friend. And like 30,000 people read it in a week. And I was like, whoa, okay. Welcome to the Picture House podcast, Jeannie Finley. Lovely to have you on the show. Uh, your new film, Your Fat Friend, opens in cinemas. Well, it's in cinemas right now, as people are listening to this podcast. Hello. Hi, Sam. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, it's uh, it's a thrill to to have you on, and and also like you know a lot of times on this podcast we we end up I guess it's sort of due to the cinema slate we don't often get to talk to documentary filmmakers, and it's really nice to 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 have you on with your film Your Fat Friend right now. And I know actually you know we're quite lucky to uh, to have you on the show because you've been so busy touring the country with this film. Like you you've very much been at the front of this, doing Q and As and and taking this film out there to cinemas all across the country. Yeah, we did we did a sold out Q&A tour of the whole, all the key cities in the UK and then went over to Belfast and Dublin as well. And it's been, I mean, I've, this is my ninth feature. So I've done a lot of Q&As, but I've never, I've never done back to back sold out largest screen screenings. It's been absolutely wild. The reception for the film from audiences has been so heartening and lovely. I was going to say, is that is this sort of a part of the, you know, making a film takes a long time and it's a lot of work, but is, is actually, you know, at this point sharing it with audiences, is that quite a rewarding part for you as a filmmaker? Uh, yeah, it's massively rewarding. 
I think one of the greatest experiences to be had in life is crying in the dark surrounded by strangers and also sharing a laugh with strangers. So that sort of pleasure is magnified when it's your own film that people are responding to in that way. It's the greatest feeling. It feels finished. It feels like the film just goes on to its next stage. You know, making a film is like having a baby and, <laughs> you know, there's the gestation when you're in the, you know, when you're filming or you're editing or you're working on the score. And then when you actually deliver it into the world, haha, like it's a, <laughs> it's a crass analogy, but it's really nice to let it go off to school on its own and take its first stumbling steps into, <laughs> into the public. And it changes and grows on its own because people bring their own experiences to it. Or like this Friday, we're collaborating with young people in Nottingham for, with Lounge Trap, which is a young person's film club. And they're doing a screening where they're inviting young people to invite family members so they can have an uncomfortable conversation. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. What, what's it like, I guess, as a, you know, when you're, because I guess you meet lots of different uh, audiences uh, as you go and, and, and do these things. Have you, with your friend, are you sort of used to the audience response now? Are you still being surprised uh, when you go to each of the Q&As? You know what? At each stage, I keep expecting the other shoe to drop. So I remember we, so we started in London, we sold out Central Picture House, the biggest screen, and then we had a tandem screening going on upstairs. And I was amazed at how ardent the London audience was. I don't know, I, I've never lived in London. I live in Nottingham, I'm from the Northeast. And I think there is a perception that London audiences are a bit quieter, maybe more reserved. And then we finished our tour at the BFI and honest to God, we watched, we sold out NFT one, but then I watched a queue line up for over two hours, the length of the BFI and down the stairs and through the foyer waiting to uh, line up and get something signed by Aubrey was possible. Wow. I mean, I always thought, you know, this is a person that I met who was completely unknown when I first started filming them. And to see her sort of find an audience for her work and for that to be, you know, my film follows her becoming visible in the world and it feels like the film is the last stage in that process. So it's been kind of wild. I feel like I'm watching the sequel to the film in real time. It's very uh, interesting and exciting. No, absolutely. I think um, I, I love the arc of the film and it, it's such a great story, um, you know, with Aubrey. But uh, I was going to ask, you know, when watching the film and a lot of the film focuses on Aubrey's writing and how she starts as writing as an anonymous writer online. Where, where did you come in into this? You know, like, uh, did, did you know Aubrey was going to you know, go public eventually? Or was that something that unfolded naturally as you were talking to her? About six years ago, I started making the film and I'd been researching a film about fatness. I wanted to make a film about the ways that I was seeing the word fat sort of seep into social media. I'd only ever seen it contained within the, the pages of fat activism books and like weighty tomes. And I was seeing it seeping into Instagram in a way that seemed really accessible and interesting. And I, it sort of ignited a long held desire to make a film about fatness. And I did a lot of research and as part of that research, I 
read the first piece that Aubrey wrote. So she started her career by writing So I read that one letter that she wrote. And when I met her, it just became clear that she should be the film. And I had no idea where her story was going to go. I just had a strong sense that I wanted to see what happened. Because she comes from a background of political organising and activism, when she sort of says, I want to change the world, and I know I can because I have before, you know it's based on 13 years of working within activism in the LGBTQIA space in the in the states where they brought about equal marriage and codifying like trans rights although you know that's a whole bin fire <laughs> at the moment but you know the way that Aubrey has worked in the past is if you want to if you want to make change it is possible so i sort of thought i want to stick around and see what happens and then because it was 6 years time elapsed partly because i made two of the films and partly because of this global pandemic <laughs> um i ended up there ended up being an enormous amount of change over that time. Aubrey found an audience. She started a podcast. But most sort of interesting to me is that her parents, who were unable to even say the word fat out loud at the beginning of the film, by the end, really saw her. And I found it so moving that as boomers, they were able to sort of look at the things that they'd done in the past and say, hey, I'm not sure I got this right that's amazing everyone wants their parents to you know experience change and express it out loud absolutely I, I, what I love about the film is you get uh, you know it's just over 90 minutes or so but you feel so deeply connected to Aubrey and her family in that time and it's you know I think that's like the masterstroke of the film is how it really makes you care and brings you along in Aubrey's journey but the family are so important you know did you did you have those conversations with the family do you remember what they were they were like were they you know were they were they up for it or were they a little bit you know nervous about being on film <laughs> i'm always most drawn to people who are really skeptical about taking part in a film so aubrey's mum pam who is light right at the beginning she sort of said okay i'll do one bit of filming with you and then after that she said okay i'm done that's enough and then four years later <laughs> When she got to know me more, she said, okay, let's do this. So, you know, and I would argue that Pam sort of goes on the biggest journey, really. I think some of the conversations we have, they sort of bring her to a point where she questions what happened in the past and the way that she made choices about Aubrey's body. You know, I think often, particularly during divorce, children's bodies can become caught in the crossfire you know and I think that I think that's really it's really human but it's also re can be really damaging there's one of the statistics that Aubrey sort of says in the film is that young people who engage in dieting are 18 times more likely to develop an eating disorder in later life you know so it's these messages aren't just they're not just words they can have lifelong impact and Rusty Aubrey's dad was always going to be in the film he was like camera ready from second one he <laughs> He used to run, he's an ex-pilot and he used to like rigging up his little plane with cameras and doing sort of like aerial photography. So he he would always say, I'm going to come and watch the filming today. And I, and I would have to sort of say to him, yeah, it's not kind of how that works, Rusty, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good fun. I mean, I love them both very much. And I'm heading out, I'm headed out to Portland quite soon because Rusty hasn't, seen the film with a full audience which is going to be 
wild. Oh, wow, a homecoming of sorts. <laughs> massive, a massive, massive homecoming. We, we put the tickets up for sale and we did like a double double heading screening again and screening one sold out in four minutes. So it's gonna be wild, I think. Let's go somewhere new. See worlds we've never seen before so that we can feel inspired. Whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. Kia, proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia, movement that inspires. This will not make sense to people who haven't seen the film, but I do hope at that screening you give Rusty a cake on stage. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Can you imagine? I think that would be good fun. Uh, how's how's Aubrey? Um, you know, sort of like she's obviously the sun front of this film, and it's very much about her her journey. But so much has probably happened in her own life since the film finished shooting, and now the film coming out. She's so comfortable and confident on camera. But you know, how how is it sort of affecting her career? Is you know, is, is she sort of finding a new audience now with the film, even though she already had such a massive audience already? <laughs> I think she's definitely finding a new audience. There definitely, there's lots of interesting things happening with the audiences. So we observed that over a third of our audiences were completely new to the venues that we were screening in. So often people had never been, never set foot in that regional film theatre or picture house ever before. So that's really fascinating to me. With Aubrey, I would say... I think it's been, she would describe it as sort of emotional whiplash, I think. It's been exciting and scary and all of the things, you know, her life as a writer is spending a lot of time in her house on her own writing and then walking her little dog around the neighbourhood. And it's quite solitary, whereas, you know, my life as a filmmaker, I think there's 80 people have touched this film in one way or another so I spend a lot of it's like I'm driving a big bus around <laughs> telling everyone which direction we're going in and you know to buckle up because we're going on we're going on a ride and I think it's a really different sort of way of um, engaging in the world so I definitely know that we were both absolutely exhausted <laughs> after the tour but it's also like completely thrilling having um you know, Siobhan McSweeney leading the Glasgow Film Theatre in a chorus of F Weight Watchers, chanting that. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, we need a, a sequel, you and Aubrey on the road, uh, <laughs> the, the tour film. <laughs> there, was a, there was a moment at the BFI last Sunday where we lost Pam for about half an hour. Pam is Aubrey's mom. And um, she was so used to like joining the end of the film. She was just in the void of one of the one of the backstage bits, just listening to the movie. But we had all the security guards <laughs> at the BFI looking for this five foot nothing, seventy six year old lady with gray with a gray bob. <laughs> Uh, when you're when you're working on a film like this, and it's you know you're you're working so closely with an individual, what's it like when you you show them you know your first cut, or does that not happen? Do you do you sort of show them you know lots of bits and pieces, and you know the, uh, what, what's your sort of process there? 
it's an interesting process really because I sort of employ non-binary consent in my filmmaking so that means that it isn't just a binary you signed up for this film so you'll get what you want it means that we cons we consider and discuss consent at all stages of the filmmaking and I in fact went out to Portland specifically to talk about consent and to make sure that we're definitely going to do this when I got when I got the majority of the funding in I was like look we're going to go for this you, are you definitely up for this but I took the almost locked cut it was like an ungraded un it just had like temp scoring it wasn't hadn't been recorded by live musicians yet so I took that out to Portland and I sat with Aubrey then I sat with Zach and Rusty and then I sat with Pam in Los Angeles and they all watched it and they all watched it and they didn't request a single change. I know it was completely terrifying for Aubrey because up to now she's edited every single thing that she's, every creative project that she's made. So she put her trust in my hands. So I would describe the films made with, not just about Aubrey, but in terms of directorial stuff, like it's it's my film hmm. about her, but made with her. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. I I think that's that's one of your. I mean, that's that's sort of kudos to you as director for how you've decided to bring your collaborators in into the film. You know, and I think that's why the film does so it feels so intimate and you know kind of it's like a loving space. Uh, you know, for its runtime, like I felt so invested, and it was one of those films where when it ended, I was like, oh no, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Um, it just sort of and it does have such a lovely scene to end on and, but I, I just left wanting more which I think is probably the best praise you know a film can receive yeah that I mean hopefully that that is good you know I'm based at Broadway cinema and I go to, to to see films most weeks I'll just go and see stuff try not to read too much about it and often there's half an hour at the end where I'm just like save it for your memoirs guys this is too long Oh, I love that. I'd love to see your, yeah, I'd love to see your, your, your reviews. <laughs> no, actually, I think I'm quite generous to films because I know how hard it is to get stuff made. And also you have to not outstay your welcome. Yeah, no, it's, it's nicer to leave people wanting more than leaving people looking at their watches, um, you know, for the final reel, as it were. On that note, though, we should probably wrap up because I know you've got a, a busy day of, of press, but it's been so nice to, to talk to Eugenie and say thank you so much for for doing the uh, the tour across cinemas. It was so nice to bring our, our cinemas into the fold. We're playing it sort of as you're listening to this now on the day of release, 9th of February. It's on a, a heck of a lot of picture houses. So do check the link in the show notes. And we've also got a special recorded Q&A on some screenings too. And, and we'll put a link to those uh, in the show notes as well. It's so nice, I think, for an indie film to have you know, not just have the Q&A tour, but have so many resources about it online and to have things like the recorded Q&A as well. I think that really makes a difference. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Picture House as well for embracing our call to publish seat sizing. We asked all venues to take part in that. And at first, Picture House didn't have the measurements and what they, they didn't just do it in the cinemas where we're showing. They've done it across the whole chain permanently forever which is brilliant it's really good if you know how big the seats are you're more likely to go and you feel more welcome if you're a fat audience member so kudos to pitch house and thanks for having me on no a real pleasure and i say thank you for that when when that request came in we were like of course we should have that like 
it's just something that hasn't been mentioned before to us in that way and and it felt like such a no-brainer and we were kind of shocked we hadn't done it already but so glad that um you know your film was the call to action for us to do that piece of work and hopefully people find that useful too so thank you so much Jeannie it's been great to talk and uh the recorded Q&A folks is on the uh, 26th of uh, Monday the 26th of February with Aubrey a star of the film and Jeannie uh, so check that out <laughs> thanks so much 